This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. This is Tiny at Obsessive Tiny on Twitter. And this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Hello and welcome to The Obsessive Viewer. We're a weekly movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic, be it genre, trope, movie, or show, each episode. I don't know why I said it like that. I don't know either. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) you can find back episodes uh, of the podcast at ovpodcast.com. You can find the blog at obsessiveviewer.com. And you can also join our Facebook group for up-to-date discussions or to stay current with our discussions and and answer poll questions and interact with each other and everything that's at uh, on Facebook. There's a link in the show notes. Just type in Obsessive Viewer Podcast Group and you should find it. And uh, also, if you like what you hear and want to support the podcast, please head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review. The more ratings and reviews we get, the easier it will be for people to find the show in iTunes' search results. And if you want to show your support with your wallet, you can do that by clicking the donate button on obsessiveviewer.com for a one-time donation or by clicking the donate link in the show notes of this episode. You can also become a patron at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer where you can choose from several different reward tiers for recurring uh, donations um, each month. Any donations made will help pay the fees to keep the podcast running so we can continue to provide you with our weekly podcast ramblings. And finally, uh, tickets are on sale for Shocktober and Irvington 3. Uh, those are available at shocktoberandirvington.com. Later in this episode, you'll hear a radio promo from it, uh, for it, <laughs> courtesy of uh, J.P. Leck, one of the filmmakers who is going to be premiering his short film, The Roman, at Shocktober Irvington. Uh, for those who don't know, Shocktober Irvington is a one-night event screening of short horror films from local filmmakers here in Indianapolis. And as an added bonus for listeners of the podcast, you can get $1 off the price of admission when you use the promo code PODCAST1 when you buy your tickets. Again, more information is at shocktoberandirvington.com. Whew, so tiny. How's it going? Delightful. Nice. We did not record last week. We didn't. I bought a new car. You did. And congratulations. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um. Yeah. Uh. Do you, Do you want Do you want to Do you want to tell the listeners of my brilliant joke from like a moment ago? I mean, you just have so many. I can't. I, did, I can't keep them all. That's the right answer. Straight. So you got to be more specific. I don't know which one you're talking about. So the picture that Tiny posted, or the Tiny's fiance posted of the oh of God. them with a the car, uh, showed them in front of the uh, t- uh, Toyota Scion dealership that had the uh, the name Scion on the building. Mm-hmm. So I asked Tiny. Uh, how did I phrase that, Tiny? Do you? You know, it was so good, I can't even remember. I, you know, and it was like ten minutes ago, so that's how you know it was that good. <laughs> um, I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Anyway, I said uh, that's a pretty nice, uh, that's a pretty nice uh, Scion that building there because it's uh, sure it says Scion sure did. on the building. Anyway, so I this week on your, the <laughs> uh, your Snowden joke was better. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's right. Let's just, let's do a recreation. Reenactment. Okay. Do you have Snowden on your list? Snow, I do not. (laughs) It was more natural than that. It was much more natural and and much less cocky. That's what made it better. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so what Tiny's alluding to here is that we are going to be discussing, uh, fall 2016 movies. It's basically our fall 2016 movie preview episode slash movies the rest of uh, movies in 
for, wow, movies that are still set to come out in 2016 that we're looking forward to. Yes. And so we have several on the list. Usually we do like a news segment, but um, we're just going to kind of forego that because we have a lot of movies on this list and I haven't checked out uh, much news lately. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, uh, before we get to the actual review and everything, I just want to say apologies for not having an episode out last week we did uh plan on having this episode recorded and released last week but we just didn't have time and our schedules conflicted um and also i think that here sometime soon we'll have to do the uh summer movie challenge wrap-up episode oh Um, yeah we do need to do yeah Yeah. i need to set aside time to tally up the results and everything right and have just huge egg on my face for how wrong i probably was on all of the picks (laughs) yeah but anyway that's forthcoming um so tiny let's let's get to talking about the main topic about fall 2016 movies Mm -hmm. um before we actually do that i guess um how do you feel this movie this year in movies has been so far up to this point you know it's been okay um this summer was a little lack a little mm-hmm. lacking, a little lackadaisical. I feel like we've said that a couple of years in a row now, which yeah. is kind of maybe we're just becoming less sensitive or more sensitive to it, and right. it takes more to get us excited. I don't know, but um, more critical, I guess. More critical, yeah. But you know, in higher standards. In in our uh, in our defense, we did have uh, Batman versus Superman this year. That's true. That's so, true. Um, and uh, Suicide Squad. Yeah, 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 which I haven't seen yet. You saw but, too, uh, that's right. But yeah, I feel like the summer was a little bit lacking, so uh, I'm relying on a good fall to kind of redeem mm-hmm. uh, 2016. Me too. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I'm kind of the same way. I. It's funny because I was really excited about having uh, a year's worth of movie pass this year, so I've seen a, a very high amount of movies um, this year in theaters, and I don't regret I don't regret it because there's a lot, there's a lot of great movies that I've seen and a lot of movies that I would have, that I would not have sought out had I not had movie pass, but still in the grand scheme of things, it's kind of, I was, I was left feeling so far this year. I've been let, I've left the theater less enthused about what I've seen than, uh, more times than in years past, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, I don't know. It's it's just kind of been kind of average for me. Yeah. Um. But mixed we'll talk. Bag. Yeah. Exactly. A mixed bag, mm-hmm. and we'll uh we'll talk more about that when we do our movie wrap up episode twenty sixteen wrap up episode in January. Mm-hmm. Um. So we have a list of three, six, nine, twelve. We have a list of. I can't count 15 movies <laughs> mm-hmm. that we're going to kind of run through in this episode. So we're just going to kind of dive right in. Uh, Tiny, do you mind if I start us, uh, get us kicked off here? Go for it. Okay. So I have, uh, I believe I've talked about this previously on the podcast. I don't remember when, but, <laughs> um, Blair Witch, it actually comes out here in like a week or two, I think. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, this is a movie that I'm, I'm not, not highly anticipating, but I'm pretty, I'm looking forward to it quite a bit. Um, if only because it's, I don't know, I'm, I'm just a sucker for this type of horror movie and I hope that it can, uh, kind of, like every time I've seen Blair Witch at Blair Witch Project, um, in years past with the rise of, of found footage movies and then the fall of found footage movies, um, in this type of, this type of storytelling, as much as I've seen of it, 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 
both the genre and repeat viewings of the Blair Witch Project have kind of hit a point of diminishing returns. Like I, like I've reached a point where I'm, where I'm just not that impressed with the Blair Witch Project as a standalone movie these days. I kind of, I used to kind of revere it for its effectiveness and and the uh, cleverness that it took and the cleverness of the marketing and and the lore of it and everything. But the more I see, it, it's just the more I'm just really disappointed with. Um, just the performance that the the actors are like they're all i mean obviously they're all like college kids and they're not they're not well they're not technically professional actors right and they're not being directed conventionally so it's it's there's a little bit of a you know um a thing there but um the characters themselves are just really obnoxious and annoying so it's it's kind of it hits a point where it's it's just kind of disappointing to go back and revisit it so i'm kind of hoping that the lore and mythology and, and the spirit of the Blair Witch Project um, can be kind of uh, reappropriated to this movie. Um, so I'm I'm looking forward to it. Tony, what do you think? Yeah, that's cool. I know you're a fan of the original movie and everything, mm-hmm. and I really respect the original movie. I think it's a I thought it was an incredible work of artistry. Um, mm-hmm. I like the movie, uh, but this this new one's not really. It's on my radar, but it's a distant blip. I'll put it that way. Sure. Um, not not especially excited for it. Um, seems kind of cash grabby to me. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. I, I I definitely won't go to the theater for it. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, even though it's uh made by Adam Wingard, were you a fan of? It? I can't remember. You were a fan of the guest, right? Um, sort of. Okay. I thought I thought I the guest remember. was okay. I thought it had its moments. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um and yeah, I did talk about Blair Witch on uh the San Diego Comic Con episode that I did with uh Fecus. So that's the episode. Okay. Um so yeah, so that's my first pick. There's really not much more to it. I've been kind of trying to avoid the trailers as much as I can. Um I mean I've seen the trailer so I know a lot about it, which gives mm-hmm. away what looks like most of the plot, but you know. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Yep. Uh, Tiny, what's your first one? Um, also coming out in September is, um, uh, the movie Other People. Uh, this time of year is kind of, uh, where studios roll out the Oscar bait movies. Mm-hmm. And this movie kind of looks like an Oscar bait movie to me. Um, which can be a bit of a, a misnomer or misrepresentative or maybe like even a derogatory thing to say. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, they just, put this out at this time just to get the attention of the Academy and they're just trying to get one person nominated for one thing or whatever. I don't necessarily think other people has that, uh, that stigma, uh, around it, but I, I hope the Oscars pay attention to this. Um, for those who don't know, it's a movie about a, a young guy who moves home to Sacramento to help take care of his sick mother. Mm-hmm. Um, it, what, what excited me the most for this movie is just the cast. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesse Plemons, who we have, uh, admired up and down this podcast for his various roles, mm-hmm. um, is playing the lead in this movie. And just that right there, I'm very excited for, yeah. uh, because I think he, without question, can carry a film as a leading man. I'm not even worried about that. Um, but I just really hope that the general public and the people who see this movie accept him as a leading guy yeah. and take notice of his remarkable acting skills. Um, so I, I really hope Jesse Plemons shines in this movie. Um, I think the Oscar bait's gonna come in with, uh, 
another member of the cast, Molly Shannon, who yeah. you probably haven't even thought about in five years, <laughs> um, which is a harsh thing to say, but you know, she's really hasn't had a career lately. Um, she looks like she really turns in both a, uh, deeply dramatic performance in this and also, um, a hysterical, funny, comedic turn as well. Mm-hmm. It seems like a very mixed, mixed performance that way. And, uh, I think that's rife for awards recognition. So I think the Oscar could come, uh, through her, but we'll, you know, we'll see. You never know. Um, who knows? It also has Bradley Whitford in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maude Apatow, Judd Apatow's daughter. Yeah. Also in it. Um, a few other notable actors. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to this movie. We watched the trailer for it. I think it's going to be really good and, uh, I hope people see it. Me too. And I, like, before I saw the trailer for it, I'd, I'd seen the poster around and it kind of has a, Generic. It, very generic. Generic it, poster. That's the perfect word yeah. for it. Um, it it just has a very generic kind of poster that doesn't say really doesn't show anything about what type of movie it is. So going into the trailer, I didn't really know what to expect, and it just looks like it's it looks like the perfect type of movie. Like it, it seems like the perfect type of movie that I'm I'm attracted to. Like it kind of has this indie indie drama feel with um certain certain casting not stunt casting but certain casting that appeals to um comedic sensibilities to kind of give that levity to the to the heaviness of the performance it kind of seems like kind of an kind of an actor's movie in a certain respect and also it looks like it could have room for some improvisational comedy i don't know if improv had anything to do with it or if they did anything but it kind of had this kind of energy to it that that made me think of comedy but in a very serious uh uh context so i think it i think it could be if it's done well and uh the trailer makes it look like it will it is done well um it looks like it could be really really uh incredible agreed yep uh what do you got next man up next i have and this is kind of tentative i'm not i don't know so it's deep water horizon and this is the, I want to say second, um, Peter Berg and Mark, uh, uh, Wahlberg joint. Mm-hmm. And, uh, after Lone Survivor, which, okay, so, so I just, I really didn't like Lone Survivor. I'm, yeah. I'm a huge fan of Peter Berg's work, at, at least with Friday Night Lights, the movie. Um, but I mean, everything after that is kind of, I'm, I mean, Battleship was Battleship. <laughs> then Lone Survivor was just not, to my liking, it was, it was, I don't know, but Deepwater Horizon, when I see the trailers for it, it looks, it looks like it's just, the way it's shot looks kind of intense and, and looks like it, it's not going to shy away from, um, the grisliness of, of the incident that it's portraying. Um, but it also kind of has me somewhat hopeful that maybe this would be a return to form for Peter Berg because, it doesn't seem like it's a politically charged story. At least I hope it's not from a political angle. Angle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just looks like a kind of down to earth story about these these men um, fighting to survive um, in this in this horrific uh, scenario or situation. And I'm I'm kind of hoping that I'm I'm hoping that that's what it is at the end because he does really well when he does these. Uh, Peter Berg does really well when he does these more. Not grounded, but more focused stories like that. With Lone Survivor, it seemed more like it seemed more like just not agenda pushing. Well, some well, I don't know if it was agenda pushing or not. It, that may have been more just a 
um, the audience feedback to it or the audience reaction to it was mm-hmm. more politically charged, but it seemed more like more like rah rah jingoistic uh, pro military kind of just like like that type of um, story while sacrificing like you know character development and and interesting characters and and um which is a horrible thing to say because the characters are based on you know obviously real people who mm-hmm. many of whom died but just it just seemed really rote from from the uh really just really uh drive with uh in terms of actually developing these characters and making us care about them and it seemed like there was just a really thin agenda being pushed to it. So I'm hoping that Deepwater Horizon, while I am hesitant of Peter Berg taking on a, a movie based on a true story, um, I'm, I am hesitant about that. Um, I have, I have expectations cause I, I like his work as a filmmaker, um, at least in your, in past projects. So, um, we'll see, we'll see, uh, how he does. Agreed. 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 I, it's on my radar and, and for a good reason. I also hope it's, to use your phrase, which I agree with, I hope it's a return to form for Pete Berg. Mm-hmm. I feel like he used to make movies like he had something to prove, like he had a chip yeah. on his shoulder. Um, I, f- I feel like he used to make movies like that and then I, it's like he had this switch in personality and he's like, oh, I proved myself. I'm going to make this movie now. <laughs> I'm going to do a battleship movie. Like, yeah. Really, you had to buy the rights from Hasbro. You sure you want to <laughs> do that movie? Um, he, I, I agree, and I agree with a lot of what you said about uh, Lone Survivor. I think I liked mm-hmm. it a little bit more than you, but uh, sure. I, I still wouldn't wouldn't uh, give it too much praise. So right. I hope it's good as well. I think there's potential there. Um, only time's going to tell. We'll see. Right, and uh, you say, uh, you say that he seemed to direct with purpose, and I feel like that purpose was like he, he was he was driven to prove that Tim McGraw can act. <laughs> yeah, um, but <laughs> which he can he can? Yeah, I'm not. He, I'm, he proved his point. That's he, why yeah. he went on to do like. That's why you know. I mean, Peter Berg set out to prove what he set out to do, but yeah. But he also has in January. I don't know what the, I don't know what this says about it. I don't. This doesn't. I don't know if this really builds well for it. But he all, is also directing Patriots Day, uh, which is about an account of Boston Police Commissioner Ed Davis's actions in the events leading up to the 2013 Boston Marathon bombing in the aftermath. Hmm. Also featuring Mark uh, Wahlberg. So interesting. Yeah, I don't know what the uh, deal is with that or why it was pushed back. Yeah, I haven't heard of that even. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. But anyway, so we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, and I mean, like, uh, like he directed The Kingdom and I freaking loved that movie. Yeah. And it was, I wouldn't say that it was devoid of politics, but it was pretty politically, it wasn't an, an agenda push on his part from, from my memory yeah. of it. Right. So I don't know. Hopefully he can, you know, get back on his feet. Agreed. Yeah. Never saw Hancock, though, so... Oh, you never saw Hancock? I never did. That's a cool movie. Was it? It was really fun. Nice. Yeah. Sure. So, Tiny, uh, why don't you bring us into October? Uh, for uh, for me, the first movie in October I'm looking forward to is Jack Reacher, Never Go Back. Uh, <laughs> terrible, terrible subtitle. Um, <laughs> calling the series Jack Reacher in general, I think, is uh, just not a, good, not a good idea. Right. But anyways, I digress. I loved... <laughs> Loved the first Jack Reacher movie. I remember that you loved it. Despite everything about it. Um, <laughs> I mean, 
Tom Cruise, you know, he just runs now. That's what he does. He never <laughs> stops running in movies. Um, and so, like, you know, when I saw the trailers for the first Jack Reacher, I was like, "What? What is that? Why are they? Who? Who decided to greenlight that? What is that?" And then I saw it, and I was like, "Holy shit, that was actually really good." <laughs> and then I saw it like seven more times. I just, Jeez. I just loved that movie, and you know, I th- I think a lot of other people did too. I, I think it has a really, it has a really concise story, and it's got. It's it's a little bit derivative in that we have a main character who's like can do anything. Mm-hmm. Like he's unbelievably intelligent. He can fight seven people at once and kick all their asses. He is a remarkable marksman with a firearm. That's a bit ridiculous. Like those kinds of characters are a little played out. I think that's more of like a nineties action movie kind of thing. But for some reason it really worked and I bought it in that movie and I was able to put my biases are like my opinions aside mm-hmm. regarding that kind of character and just enjoy what we were given. Um, and I, I just really hope they can recapture that for a sequel. Um, Sherbatsky's in this one. <laughs> um, uh, that's right. She plays like, um, an agent or something. Cause he, is he like framed for some murder or something? Uh, that sounds right. Yeah, and and Something. she she plays like a random government employee person. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kobe Smolders is who I'm talking about. Right. Um. So I her just based on what I see in the trailer, her character seems a little Deus Ex Machina ish. Um. But I'll result withhold, withhold judgment until I see the movie. Um. I, like I said, I just, I hope they can capture what the first movie had. Sure. Um. But we'll see. Or uh, would you would you say that she seems like she's plot plot dependent yeah or something she's a cog she seems like there a cog in the movie machine right to keep the plot driving gotcha so and yeah i i liked jack reacher quite a bit um i remember i've only seen it once and i remember that it was a uh it was a post uh post gallbladder surgery movie for yeah me. so like i was i was tripping on Vicodin <laughs> pretty pretty hard. Yeah. No, I was I was on pain pain medicine and uh in and out of sleep. So I didn't really I couldn't really pay that close attention to it, but I mean you know Tom Cruise jumping around and beating people up yeah. and Werner Herzog popping up was, you know, fun. <laughs> but it's random. Yeah, but uh but it's funny because yeah, I, I agree that it does have um this kind of nineties kind of action indestructible action star quality to it mm-hmm. but and granted i haven't seen it in a while but i would go so far as to say that i mean that kind of could be construed or or seen as more of a, a nice throwback to that to that era of action movie yeah um so i mean I, that's it didn't it wasn't to its detriment when i saw it because because of that reason essentially gotcha um yeah, so uh do you mind if I go next? Go for it. Okay, my next one for October is The Birth of a Nation, which um I've been looking forward to this because uh I heard some really good things like the it, really good buzz coming out of uh I think Sundance earlier in the year. So I've been very curious about it. There's I mean there's kind of a lot of uh news surrounding it. Um, I think it's Nate Parker is the writer, director, star. Uh, there was a whole thing about him, uh, 
there was a rape allegation or a sexual assault allegation or something. I haven't followed it too closely, but there's a whole big hubbub over that. But um, in the end, the, the trailer looks looks good, and uh, I think it could. I think I think it could be really good. It's another kind of really. It looks like it looks like another really raw look at slavery and and. Um, in this case, the story of Nat Turner, which uh, is very intriguing, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, the movie looks incredibly powerful and and intense, and you know, just like an earth shaking kind of movie. Um, mm-hmm. And I I'm looking forward to it myself. Yep. Uh, yeah, I don't really have much else to say about it. Just I saw the trailer for the first time, and yeah, it looks it looks really intense and really spectacularly shot. So mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes. Cool. Um, Tiny, what about your next one? I haven't seen the trailer for it, but I heard it when you played it on your phone next to me about an hour ago. <laughs> um, the next one up is uh, In a Valley of Violence. Uh, it also comes out in October. Um, this looks like a... It, it's just a, it's a Western movie, but it uh, seems like it has kind of a, a modern genre spin on it. Looks like it kind of has some comedy thrown in there. Um, kind of a kind of a doesn't-fit-into-a-box sort of movie. Um, it has a a pretty recognizable cast. Um, Karen Gillan, who I'm a big fan of from Dr. Who, um, John Travolta, Ethan Hawke. Um, it's just kind of a, an interesting cast of, of actors. I think it's, I, I'm kind of lu- very lukewarm on, uh, Ethan Hawke as of late. I think over the last five to 10 years, his career has had an odd trajectory, mm-hmm. uh, with a few exceptions here and there, but, uh, he, I think he's just kind of taken an odd turn with his career, and I'm just I, I I'm not really excited about what he does. Really, sorry. Um, have you? Sorry to interrupt here. But, cool. uh, have you seen the movie Predestination? No, I think he's in it. I haven't seen it, but I've heard really good things about it. It's a time travel movie. Oh, okay. Um, but always, yeah, always game for the time travel. Me too. Yeah, he is in it. It's from 2014. I might actually check it out at some point and uh, get back to you guys. But anyway, go ahead. Okay, sorry, <laughs> but yeah, like movies like The Purge and stuff. Like, oh yeah, what's, what's he doing in those movies? I don't know. Yeah. He's done some goofy stuff. Um, and then John Travolta speaks for himself. I I forgot he still existed. <laughs> right. Um, but I don't know. I think it looks like uh, it has. It looks like it has a bit of quirk to it. So I'm kind of excited for it for that reason. Um, there's. I'm kind of looking there. There's, it seems like there's almost a bit of a comeback for Westerns a mm-hmm. little bit. Maybe uh, don't want to get too excited, but it seems like it's a genre that's, that has a, it's at least gaining a niche audience uh, as of late uh, magnificent seven movie coming out mm-hmm. lately, um, which Ethan Hawke is also in. <laughs> yes, he is also in there. Yeah. I about that. Um, and you know, like three ten to Yuma, Mm-hmm. A handful of years ago, great movie. Um, yeah, so great. So I, you know, I, I want there to be good westerns out there. I think it's a, it's a, a genre that still has a lot of potential. So I'm, I'm kind of. This is sort of a, an interesting pick. It's, it's definitely on my radar, but I don't. I'm not like uber excited for it. I'm, I'm cautiously hoping that it's good. <laughs> <laughs> so in a valley of violence, we'll see. Nice, nice. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. I, uh, I believe on the Feel and Film podcast, I think they talked about it. Um, they didn't have an episode about it, but they just referenced it that it was, uh, or they might have been on their social media. But anyway, somewhere someone mentioned that In a Valley of Violence was their favorite Western of the year so far. Um, beating out Hell or High Water, which is a really good movie that mm-hmm. I recommend checking out. Cool. Uh, but anyway, um, 
my next one is going to be kind of brief, more of an more of a thing that I'm anticipating uh, for the rest of the year. Um, Heartland Film Festival. It starts at the end of October. Um, so, and I'm really looking forward to going to that and uh, and uh, doing the whole festival thing. So, yeah, I'm excited for it. Nice. Yeah. Um, there, I don't think they've announced any movies or anything yet, so there's not really much uh, to say. Just I'm I'm looking forward to it, and I'm hoping to do like a whole episode for it and all that. It's always a good time. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great again this year. Definitely. Yep. So bring us into November, Tiny. Yes, kicking off November uh, is the continuation of my Benedict Cumber boner. Uh, <laughs> Doctor Strange, a uh, new Marvel movie, uh, kind of a a uh, mysterious character that not a lot of people are familiar with. Uh I think I think this there's a lot of opportunity revolving this movie uh revolving around this movie uh to make it really jump out to the mainstream audiences. Mm-hmm. Um I we we've talked so many times about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and and uh you know the potential for stagnation in that mm-hmm. universe. Um and I'm I'm hoping that Doctor Strange is a nice uh you know shot of adrenaline to that to that uh, franchise and that universe um it looks it looks different from a lot of the other movies we've gotten from marvel um and and i hope it i hope it breaks the mold i hope it's something different and it gets people excited again i'm not saying i'm I'm saying this like a lot of people think that the movies suck now i'm not not (laughs) saying that i just feel like we kind of know what we're getting almost it's it's exactly you know there's I don't know. I've we've praised the Russo Russo brothers up and down for their work with Captain America movies, mm-hmm. um, and they're gonna do. They're doing one of the Infinity War movies. I think it's still that they're gonna do both. They're doing both. I so. Think so that's great news, and I'm mm-hmm. really excited for that. And and I think they're gonna do a great job. But it's always good to mix it up and have something different and keep things interesting. And Doctor Strange has that feel to it. Um, yeah. And Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> One of my favorite actors, maybe my favorite actor working right now. Just he can almost do no wrong, and I'm I'm a really, really big fan of his, and I'm I'm glad to see him taking on a big role like this. Same here, and I am also really looking forward to it. And also, I'm really, and I mentioned this on the Comic Con episode that I did with Fekus, but um, I'm really hopeful that Mads Mikkelsen will be a good villain, or yeah. they'll break that mold and and that's my main concern going into any um marvel movie is that they i want them to have a a good villain so hopefully mads mickelson isn't wasted in this movie and he is a villainous actor he is so great great at playing an evil oh, yeah. crazy guy for those who don't know he played Le Chief in uh, uh casino royale mm-hmm. the james bond movie he's uh, the, uh d- he's also hannibal in hannibal yeah is he dutch He's something, all right. Some kind of Nordic thing. Some... America. Um, I don't remember where he hails from. <laughs> uh, great actor, though. Yeah, totally. Fantastic. Despite us completely butchering his, his homeland. Yeah. Anyway. He's from somewhere. He is. Anyway. Yeah, what do you got, Maddie? I've got Manchester by the Sea. I know nothing about this. And it's funny you say that, Tiny, because <laughs> I know next to nothing about it. Really? Yeah, so this is going to be really brief, and it's not... I haven't done my due diligence with it, but for a good reason. I remember around Sundance time, there was a lot of hype about this movie. I 
Oh, I want to say that Amazon bought the distribution rights. Uh, that may be wrong. I'm going to actually check that, but it's got, um, interesting. Yeah. It's got, um, Casey Affleck and, uh, Kyle Chandler. And that alone is like, okay, got it. Well, and Michelle Williams. Oh, and Michelle Williams is in it too. I mean, yes. We've, she's amazing. Oh yeah. We've, we've lauded her. Um, since the inception of this podcast. Yeah, she's, she's incredible. Absolutely. So let me actually check and see if I was right about Amazon. I don't think so. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it was highly celebrated coming out of uh, Sundance. Mm -hmm. And so, so yeah, it's, it's definitely a movie that I'm very much, uh, very much looking forward to. Mm -hmm. And yeah, Amazon did have a role in, uh, getting the distribution rights. Interesting. The important thing is, is that it looks really good or it sounds really good or actually I haven't seen or heard much about it other than <laughs> the buzz. So it's, I'm intrigued by it and I'm really looking forward to seeing, um, what, what it's got for us. Yeah. And, uh, I'm hoping to stay in the clear as far as, uh, uh, seeing, you know, promotional materials for it. Cause I, I rarely get to, do that. I really, really, rarely get to go into a movie completely blind. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of the buzz about it. That's about it. I really don't know much about it. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm there because of Michelle Williams. Um, she's amazing. So uh, it's yeah. also written and directed by Kenneth Lonergan. Um, he's most famous as a writer. He wrote Gangs of New York and analyzed this. Oh, nice. Uh, the movie Margaret from 2011 that I never saw but thought looked good. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll uh we'll see. Sweet. Uh so yeah, so we don't really have much else to say about Manchester by the Sea, but Tony, uh would you mind uh arriving to your next one? On oh uh, boy, I would love to. Uh the arri it's called Arrival. The mm -hmm. next movie is Arrival <laughs> in November. Matt Matt spoiled it. Um no, um Arrival, it's uh this is probably top three anticipated movies for me somewhere mm -hmm. in there. I mean, it's up there. I'm really looking forward to this movie. Um, I, I love the concept of, um, extraterrestrial communication or contact. Mm -hmm. I, I, I love that, that opportunity to tell a story. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I'm just very interested in, in, in science fiction and just the, the, the idea of humans coming in contact with aliens is very intriguing to me. I think mm -hmm. it's terrifying and exciting at the same time. Um, and, and this looks like a very quality entry in that subgenre, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, it has a great cast with Amy Adams and, uh, Jeremy Renner and Forrest Whitaker. Um, really, really great cast and looks very detailed and, and, uh, and, uh, intense. I'm, Really looking forward to that movie. I'll, I'll definitely go see that one in the theater. Right. And it's, uh, from, uh, Denis Villeneuve, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which Who's that? He <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I know that name. I just can't place it. Yeah. He, uh, did Prisoners and Sicario. That's right. Yeah. I haven't seen Sicario yet. Yeah. And I wasn't that impressed with Sicario. I really mm -hmm. wasn't. So, but I, I really, I really appreciated just, the style of it and um a lot of the technical achievements of it most of that is due to um 
Roger Deakins' uh, cinematography. Okay. Um, who I just looked up and he's not doing the cinematography for, uh, he's, uh, uh for Arrival. But anyway, Arrival looks really cool and I hope that it's, uh, you know, up to my liking. Nice. <laughs> Me too. Yep. And, uh, is there anything else to really talk about? I really like the, uh, trailer of it yeah i almost when we were watching it i almost turned it off like halfway through because like there was a moment where they where they tease like what what do they look like the the aliens and i was like i don't i want to turn this off right now because i don't want to know i just i want to go in and not know so right um yeah Uh, looks very philosophical and it does i'm always interested thought provoking and yeah yeah. very good um and you do have kind of a history of Movies about uh, extraterrestrials and communication, um, the abyss, close yeah. encounters. Yeah. So that's that's interesting. E.T. E.T. Scares the shit out of me to this day. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, can't explain that one. It just does. Anyways, right. moving on, moving on. All right, moving on. So the next one I have is, again, not really something I'm going to talk at length about because we did. I, I did talk about it with Fekus on the Comic-Con episode, um, which I'm quickly realizing is essentially the exact same as what we're doing now. So, <laughs> nice. so sorry, listeners. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Um, you know, the first trailer wasn't too impressed by it, the first teaser, I should say. Um, also just the idea of going back to, uh, the magic world, um, of Harry Potter. It, I have this weird thing about returning to, um, returning to worlds and, or, 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 uh, stories, not stories necessarily, but universes, um, after the story has been concluded. I, I had a lot of trouble uh, latching on to Better Call Saul because I just felt like, okay, the Breaking Bad story's done. I didn't really, I didn't have an appetite for the story of Saul Goodman. And much like that, I mean, the Hogwarts world and the, the story of the boy who lived, like that, that whole story is so contained in those movies that I feel like revisiting the Wizarding world, even if it is a prequel, um, I believe, and it's set on a different continent and it's opening up a whole new era area of the wizarding world. I'm still, I still find it hard to get excited about it because it's still, it's still returning to something that's been closed or finished and concluded and has a conclusive thing. Um, uh, from my perspective, and that's the same with also the Hobbit because that was also kind of like, I don't know, kind of returning to it. I was excited to return to it at, uh, for the first one, but then that quickly faded. But <laughs> having said all that, that whole preamble was to say that the trailers for Fantastic Beasts, um, after that initial trailer, or at least the one San Diego Comic-Con trailer I've seen, looks very fun and very interesting, and I'm uh, curious to see how uh, how it fares. I, I agree very much with what you said. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm I'm hesitant to return to the world as well to mm-hmm. that to that universe. Um, I I think I feel like the Harry Potter films and books were just so detailed and just so mm-hmm. conclusive at the end. Um, it wrapped everything up in a pretty bow. Um, as as somber and wonderful as it was, right. um, I I've I'm just so attached to it emotionally that it's like to see it represented in a different way is just so so different and just almost off-putting 
and mm-hmm. that's really not fair. You know, it's it's a flaw in the viewer as opposed to the story, and so it's it's just hard to it's hard to come back to those things. Um, I'm trying to be excited about it. Um, I'm definitely intrigued. I'm going to see it, mm-hmm. and I'm probably going to like it. But I I just doubt I'm going to love it the way that I did with Harry Potter movies. Same here. Yeah. I I'm really not um getting my hopes up on it. Yeah. Um. By any stretch. Word. So tiny. This next one is. I I still I didn't look this up and yeah. I I'm not entirely sure I've heard the title yet. Do you want to bring us into your last November one? I'd love to. To wrap up November is The Edge of Seventeen. Um. What really intrigues me about this movie, uh, it's, it's about a teenage girl who comes to her English teacher and says she's gonna kill herself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what really intrigues me about this is the cast, mm-hmm. which is kinda almost silly. Um, it stars, uh, Haley Steinfeld. Mm-hmm. Seinfeld? Steinfeld? Steinfeld. 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 Um, boom, boom, boom. Uh, it stars her and, uh, Woody Harrelson. Mm-hmm. And I've been excited or, or, or chomping at the bit to see Haley Steinfeld do something else. Uh, because I, you know, Steinfeld. She, Steinfeld. Okay. Uh, I've been really excited to see her do something really good again because she was mind blowing in, uh, um, True Grit. True Grit, yeah. Which, which put her on the map. I mean, she was nominated for an Oscar at 14 mm-hmm. years old, something like yeah. that. She was incredible. And, and I was like, I cannot wait to see what she does next. I hope the Coens uh, bring her back because they're my favorite filmmakers, arguably. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I feel like what she's done after that movie has been pretty uns- unsatisfying. Um, she was in the Ender's Game movie and she mm-hmm. was in the second um Pitch Perfect. Uh, Pitch Perfect movie. Um, so I just, I haven't been impressed with her choices and I'm hoping that she really dives into this role and I I think it sounds like a pretty interesting story and something pretty unique. Hmm. Um, and Woody Harrelson is one of my favorite actors without question. Yeah. So I I always love to see him in something and he seems like a very, he seems kind of like, uh, kind of like his character in Zombieland. Just very, a little bit. very devil may care and mm-hmm. very, uh, very, uh, abrasive and silly. Um, he just has that, has that, uh, appeal when he yeah. does these kind of characters and he's just such a versatile actor. He, he can just do anything. And I, I'm just excited to see him, uh, share the screen with, uh, Haley. Uh, I, can't, I can't wait. Uh, um, I think that's what I'm excited for with this movie. Yeah, I remember there was something really funny about the trailer. Like she says that she wants to kill herself, and then he goes into this whole thing where he's saying that uh, I, if I'm remembering it correctly, he was like, "I've been. I'm actually sitting here writing my suicide note." Yeah, and just like the the way that he deadpans, it's really funny and really great. Right. Um. And she says she like he reads part of her note and he's like, I'm thinking about killing myself. And he looks up at her and he's like, you really need to be careful of run on sentences or something like that. (laughs) Right. I think it just it just seems great. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Classic Harrelson. So funny. But um, if you're if you're itching for more uh, Haley Steinfeld stuff, I would recommend checking out this movie called The Keeping Room. Have you seen that? I have not. Okay, it's on Netflix now, but it's uh, kind of what a western about uh, 
I'm going to actually just go ahead and read the plot description since I have it up. Uh, Left without men in the dying days of the American Civil War, three women must fight to defend their home and themselves from two rogue soldiers who have broken off from the fast-approaching Union Army. Um, It was pretty good. It was pretty solid. It's got uh, Haley Steinfeld, Sam Worthington, Britt Marling. Oh. Um, Yeah, so I think you'd you'd get a lot out of it, Tiny. I am adding it to my Netflix list right now. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. I did not mean for that to sound sarcastic. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So anyway, yeah, so... um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious about the edge of, age, uh, wow, the edge of 17. Um, it looks like kind of a fun, charming coming of age movie, sort of movie <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, I'm going to go ahead and bring us into December yep. with, um, Office Christmas Party. Have you seen the trailers for that? Uh, I feel like I have. It doesn't seem very memorable to me. Yeah, it, I don't know. There's just something about like the cast is pretty pretty solid. It's got Kate McKinnon, who's um, kind of flying high off of Ghostbusters, I'm I'm sure, mm-hmm. um, or riding that wave of uh, of uh, you know stuff. Um, it's also got <laughs> it's also got uh, uh, T J Miller, who's fantastic. Yep. Um, Olivia Munn, who's it's got Jennifer Aniston and <laughs> I love you, Mun's okay, but anyway. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Jason Bateman. I mean, it's got a ton of people that, that, uh, I think all together, um, should be pretty good in this, in this movie. Um, also Randall Park, who he's, he's fantastic. I need to watch Fresh Off the Boat, but anyway, mm-hmm. um, it's got a lot of really good people in a solid cast and it's got kind of, I mean, it's, it's one of those like comedy movie premises that are like it it just seems like so straightforward that I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what it has in store if that makes sense. So it's like hey, what if uh an office Christmas Okay, let's take something that is, you know, that a lot of people can relate to. Okay, office job, Christmas party. Cool. Let's take that to the extreme and see what happens. Okay. Um and yeah, so I don't know. If it and even if it isn't that good, I still have the Office's season two episode, Christmas party, to go on. So okay. Anyway, that was a weird connection. Anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Okay. And uh, Tiny, what about you in December? Any what what do you got? Absolutely. Uh, to kick off December for me, I'm looking forward to a movie called Nocturnal Animals. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I'm really what the first thing that caught my attention with this is that it stars Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm-hmm. Um, he has just been on fire lately with with his performances and the movies he's done over the last five years or so. I haven't seen Southpaw yet. I've heard mixed things. Yeah, I still haven't seen that either. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. Uh, I definitely <laughs> need to see it. But uh, I, it, regardless of how good or bad it is, it will not affect my current opinion of Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm-hmm. He is just banging on all cylinders, and uh, I, I'm excited to see him in something uh, again. Uh, but having looked into it, um, just I mean, just a quick summary uh, says... Um, an art gallery owner is haunted by her ex-husband's novel, a violent thriller she interprets as a veiled threat and a symbolic revenge tale. Um, the rest of the cast is also great. Amy Adams, really good. Michael Shannon, mm-hmm. Aaron Taylor Johnson, uh, Isla Fisher is in it. Um, Army Hammer, pretty pretty impressive cast. Uh, Laura Lenny, jeez, wow, yeah, good, <laughs> good cast. Michael Sheen, holy crap. Um, 
Yeah, a really great cast, and uh, it's written and directed by Tom Ford. Yeah, I'm um, just looking him up now. I'm... He's he's famous now for his uh, his clothing line. <laughs> huh. I mean, yeah, he's he's a clothes fashion designer. Okay, really. but I mean, he wrote he wrote and directed the movie um, A Single Man in 2009, which is a really good movie. I I still never saw that. That's about a uh... yeah. It's, it's, it's about, about a man who's who's committing suicide. Oh, okay. Is, yeah. is he a closeted homosexual who loses a boyfriend and is dealing with that grief? Yes. Gotcha. Well, that was really detailed and specific. It was. It was. He, like you said it off the top of your head, but it was very, <laughs> it was very specific. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, man, that's funny. I'm going to start doing that. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it starred Colin Firth. <laughs> yeah. It's a really cool movie. Great idea for a movie. Um, and he, it was great. I really <laughs> liked that movie a lot. Right. And for so. context, I was reading the plot description, and then I okay. remembered that I'd heard, I'd heard them, I'd heard people on other podcasts talk about it a while ago. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> so, Nocturnal Animals, I, again, very, I think, Oscar buzzy, uh, mm-hmm. just based on everyone involved and the story and everything. I'm very excited for that one. It sound the premise sounds like a really good, a solid foundation for a really uh, effective thriller. Absolutely. So, yeah. uh, just judging from that, I am looking forward to it, and I uh, am very curious about it. Mm-hmm. My last pick for December is uh, the movie La La Land, which is Damien Chazelle's uh, follow up to to Whiplash, um, his his next effort after Whiplash, and like uh, so. Having seen and really admired Whiplash, I was basically, I had no idea what La La Land was. Still kind of don't, but still like just the, uh, the goodwill that Whiplash bought for me with, with Damien Chazelle has me very like instantly like, okay, I'll go see that. I'll go see what he's, what he does next. Cause he is a really, um, really, really talented filmmaker. So having seen the trailer for La La Land, holy crap, it looks freaking beautiful. It like does. just the way that the shots that were selected for the trailer, just the way that they're composed, the composition of it and just like the the color it's so vibrant and oh, oh, it looks so good. It, it does. looks so so ridiculously good. Yes. Um yeah. Oh yeah. So I don't really have much else to say about yeah. it. I really like uh, Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, and mm-hmm. it's exciting to see them work together again. I never saw, was it Gangster Squad? Yeah. Yeah, never saw that, but... Those uh, two just have incredible chemistry. They really do. Together. It's like they're dating in real life. Yeah. Are, are they? they? I don't know. I, don't I, have, I honestly have no idea. Yeah. I don't give a shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it that's how it feels yeah, when you see I, them in everything. Yeah, and I don't know why I went to Gangster Squad for that <laughs> rather than anything uh uh well, I guess yeah, Crazy Stupid uh, Love. Crazy Stupid Love, which was a surprisingly good movie. Um mm-hmm. and it had a lot of depth to it. Um yeah, I I'm really excited for for La La Land, which I mm-hmm. hadn't even heard of until earlier today. Um <laughs> but we watched the trailer and I'm a sucker for a musical. Mm-hmm. Um Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone are very, very charismatic and very charismatic together. Uh, so that's just a, a great uh, cocktail for awesome acting and, and, and great storytelling. And uh, what's the director's name? 
<laughs> Damien Chazelle. Damien Chazelle. Couldn't even remember his name, but Whiplash <laughs> is a visionary movie and a one of a kind movie. And I, I rewatched it about four or five months ago uh, for this for only the second time, and mm-hmm. it holds up really well. Nice. That movie. Like I hope that I hope I hope professors teach that in film school in the future. That's how good that yeah. movie is. It's just so unique, and it all came from that director's mind. And mm-hmm. and I, I I just I'm like you. I'll go see whatever he does. So yep. I'm looking forward to La La Land as well. Yep, super excited. So tiny, uh, why don't you? Uh, let's see. Hang on, I got this. Oh God. Um. Why don't you tell us a uh, Star Wars story for your last one? <laughs> for well, your last Rogue One. Uh, oh, God damn it. <laughs> well, Rogue One is obviously my most anticipated movie. Oh, okay, so it's on the list. For the rest of 2016. I left it off the list because it's obvious. Because, interesting. It's obvious. Interesting. I mean, it's Rogue One. It's, it's yeah, there's more Darth Vader. That's all you have to say. <laughs> and I mean, you even put on your list an honorable mention and it's not even on there. It's, I mean, it's weird. It's, <laughs> it's interesting because it's, it's, it's like, it's Star Wars. It's untouchable. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, oh. you, you already know, like, I don't, it goes without saying that that's my number one okay. most anticipated movie of the year. Okay. Interesting. I'm just, yeah. I'm just saying it's, it's interesting. So next on the list for me is been uh, on the list. coming out in December, uh, is the movie Passengers, uh, <laughs> directed by Morton Tildum, uh, written by John Spates, um, starring, uh, Jay Laws uh-huh. and Chris Pratt. Mm-hmm. Also Michael Sheen, big fan of Michael oh, nice. Sheen, Lawrence Fishburne. Um, yeah, cool cast. Um, I think this movie's got it's got a lot of buzz because it has like two of the hottest people in the world in it. Right. So duh. And hot both like, you know, buzzworthy and just they're both the like most freaking attractive people on the planet. Yeah. Literally and figuratively. Yes. I agree. Um but I mean for me it's it's uh it's sci fi and it's it's cool sci fi. Um mm-hmm. the the movie's about a, a spacecraft that's traveling to some like distant planet. Um and like the people are basically then like cryo sleep and there's some kind of like problem and it wakes some of the people up, uh, mm-hmm. like decades before they're supposed to arrive. Um, that's, that's a cool environment for a story. You know, I, I think it's, it's been done before, but, um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's been done remarkably well in a movie yet. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to, I'm just looking forward to all the different variables involved in this movie that are, that, uh, make it, a, a, a good environment for a, a really cool movie. So I think it's going to be good and there's tons of buzz around it, which isn't always the best thing. Um, but it's, it's probably going to be pretty cool. There's no trailers for it yet or anything. Right. Um, there's some images, but yeah, like just, Oh, I'm so excited. She's party. She's so party. <laughs> He's so her, her handsome. I don't know why I said it like <laughs> oh, that. Oh my God. Anyway. So yeah, passengers, uh, in December. Should yep. be a good one. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, okay. Uh, do you want to do you want to mention your honorable mention? Mention? Yeah. Uh, there there probably could be more honorable mentions, but I wanted to bring up yeah. Snowden. Uh, I'm very interested in that story. Um, I think it's just a fascinating exploration of of what is uh what's a moral thing or what makes someone a criminal and it's just an interesting story in and of itself and i'm curious to see how all those themes will tie into a a motion picture um 
However, it's an Oliver Stone movie. Right. And for he, for me, he's just very hit or miss. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes he's just fantastic. And other times, um, we get natural born killers in uh, other weird ass <laughs> movies. I, he's just, I've still never seen that. Yeah. He's just up and down. I mm. mean, he's, he's just a goofy filmmaker and sometimes he's really good. Sometimes he's not. And so I, I just never know what I'm going to get. Love the cast, casting choice. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Joseph Gordon Levitt jiggle mm-hmm. for the, <laughs> the lead. Uh, character as Edward Snowden, perfect choice in my book. I'm I'm excited for that. Um, yeah. So I'm pr- I'm probably gonna see it in theaters, but I'm not gonna commit to it. Okay. Um. Again, Oliver Stone. You never know. So nice. We'll see. I uh, for my honorable mention, I'll kind of throw this out. I'm. This is more. I'm not that excited for it per se, but uh, the Magnificent Seven. Okay. It's uh, you know, it's a movie that I'm like I said, I'm not that eager for it, but I'm I'm curious to see how it'll perform just yeah judging from i i don't know so we just had and this isn't this isn't really comparable but we just had ben hur just flop tremendously at the box office yeah um so and obviously that's not indicative of you know people's aversion to remakes or anything but i kind of feel like the amount of press that magnificent seven has been uh getting or at least the promotional aspect of the advertising isn't quite that like it's not there's not that much of an awareness of it that i can tell so far like a a trailer has been released but i don't see people like talking about it or anticipating it that much uh maybe i'm wrong but i'm what i'm curious about is i wonder if if chris pratt's star power can can draw in an audience for it and i wonder if it'll be how it'll perform that's my curious and denzel washington too i mean yeah and denzel you know he's he's denzel he's zell bruh (laughs) <laughs> um yeah and i'm 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 a little lukewarm on that too at least when they announced it i was like really this mm. is like what the fourth time they're making this story right um and you know the original couple first times they did it hold up really well mm-hmm. um uh seven samurai mm-hmm. and the magnificent seven mm-hmm. from the 60s right. those are both tremendous movies um ditto with a bug's life <laughs> nice <laughs> um so yeah i those are great, and and I I just don't I don't know why it, need, it does not need to be remade. I'll put it that way. I agree. Um, but I see the trailer, and it looks pretty darn cool. It look it looks fun. It, it looks, looks yeah, fun. It looks like a fun old shoot 'em up western mm-hmm. cool movie, right? You know. Yep. So we'll see. Yep. Uh. So all right. So that that does it for the topic. But you know what? I'm gonna kind of talk about some of the stuff that was in the Facebook group. Okay. Uh, once again, you can join the Facebook group by clicking the link in the, uh, show notes and, uh, by searching for Obsessive Viewer Podcast for, on groups on Facebook. And I'm stalling because I'm trying to bring up the thing. Okay. So I posted a poll, um, asking for people's, like, most anticipated movies. Um, <laughs> uh, for some reason, I didn't realize that, uh, you could vote multiple times in a poll like this. So. <laughs> Uh, I mean, a lot of people voted multiple times, which is great. Um, I personally voted for Blair Witch, Doctor Strange, Manchester by the Sea, and Passengers. And, uh, you know, I'll throw in one for Birth of a Nation, too. Um, anyway, so, uh, so yeah, so I posted the poll, and the runaway winner overall was this movie called Rogue One. What's it called? Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Oh, that's that new Star Wars movie. It is. It is. Huh. It is. 
Darth Vader. It sure is. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I almost, I almost didn't include Rogue, did not include Rogue One in it just to troll everybody. Yeah. But, um, but it was interesting because the next one, uh, the, the second one, number two was, uh, Blair Witch and, uh, tied for, th- tied for a second with that was Doctor Strange. So some of the comments are, uh, Tony Troxell said, Rogue One, hands down. Also curious about Doctor Strange, though I've never been a huge fan of the character. The Magnificent Seven, though I've never seen the original, also looks interesting. And Matt and Draco uh, replied that it basically echoes his thoughts. And then uh, frequent guest Fekus said, it's hard for me to not pick Bridget Jones's baby. <laughs> Which led to an interesting um, comment chain that is going to haunt my dreams. Um <clears throat> Matt and Draco said, what if Bridget Jones had a TMT, TMNT crossover? <laughs> and then Tony Troxell said, what if Zack Snyder directed a Bridget Jones movie? And so that made me reply with, uh, <laughs> first of all, Fekka said that those two suggestions would equal the greatest movie of all time. <laughs> and I said, I just have a mental image of Renee Zellweger giving birth in slow motion in a really drab and dreary room. <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs> So, yeah. So, anyway, um, and then also Paul Elliott, uh, replied with it and said that, uh, just to be different, just to be different, I'll say Magnificent Seven, but I'm really looking forward to it. And he said that he's interested in the Denzel Pratt dynamic. Oh, yeah. Yep. And also, while we were, while we were recording, this is breaking news. He also tweeted and said, just rewatch the injury ep of The Office, classic episode. Nice. Kind of apropos of nothing, of but ever. absolutely. That cold open for that is oh, freaking legendary. So brilliant. Like, oh, just the comedic timing is just so perfect for that. Yes. So anyway, um, so yeah, once again, check out the Facebook group and uh, join the conversation. That sounds so hokey and lame when I say it like that, but <laughs> I'm going to try that again. It's a lot cooler than that. Yeah, yeah. Join the Facebook group and join the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we're a branch of the military. It is. <laughs> um, we're not. We're, no, 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 no. Really, really not. Uh, yeah, I yeah. just had the Ivan, Ivan et Neon, Neaj, uh, thing from Simpsons in my head. The, uh, subliminal messaging to oh. have people join the Navy. Yeah. Um, anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love the Simpsons. So, okay, so that does it for our fall 2016 movie preview uh, topic episode. Uh, before we get to potpourri, here is a radio promo for Shocktober in Irvington, which once again, tickets are on sale for now. We're going to be giving away DVDs, Blu-rays, gift cards to Irvington businesses. We're going to have interviews with the filmmakers. We're going to be giving away a signed prop from one of the films uh, signed by the cast and crew. And, uh, the, just, it's going to be a lot of fun. All the money is going straight to the Irvington Historical Society. So even if you can't make it and want to help out, uh, you can still donate to, uh, to it by going to the link on, um, shocktoberinirvington.com. So anyway, here is the promo courtesy of JP Leck, whose film The Roman will be premiering on October 14th, 2016 at the Irving Theater. Tickets are on sale now for the third annual Shocktober in Irvington presented by the Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Join the hosts of the Obsessive Viewer on October 14th, 2016 at the Irving Theater for a one-night event screening of short horror films, including the premiere screenings of J.P. Lex The Roman, 
the latest entry in his cross-mediumed Elsewhere World universe, as well as the latest slasher from Snapshot Productions and Billy and Brandon Watch movies. All of this, and so much more. Come celebrate the horror genre in the historic Irvington area and get a chance to meet the filmmakers with live interviews after each screening. You can also win DVDs, Blu-rays, and gift cards to Irvington businesses. Tickets are on sale now at shocktoberinirvington.com. All proceeds will go directly to the Irvington Historical Society. And we will see you at the Irving Theater on October 14th. That is, if you dare. All right, Tiny, are you ready for Potpourri? I am ready. Great. All right. So for first-time listeners, Potpourri is the section of the podcast where we kind of wind down each episode with a short segment about things that we're watching or things that we've watched or looking forward to, uh, what have you, um, just recently. So I have two things, Tiny, you have one thing? Correct. All right. So we'll uh, go ahead and I'll get us kicked off. Um, so I haven't had a lot of time to watch a lot of stuff recently. But what I did have time for is I've I've seen ads or okay so I'm are you aware of CISO? No, not at all. Okay, okay, great. So CISO is a, an NBC um, sanctioned app that is a streaming service for three ninety nine a month that gives you access to every single episode of Saturday Night Live. Oh. 41 years Jeez. of Saturday Night Live. Every single episode um, and movie of Monty Python. So Monty Python's Family Circus, every movie. They also have the documentary that I saw at Heartland Film Festival last year. Um, the uh, uh, Monty Python... Uh, I can't remember what it's called. Why can't I remember what it's called? Hang on. So anyway, it's uh, The Meaning of Live. That's what it was. Uh, oh, okay. Monty Python and The Meaning of Live. It was a documentary about the uh, their final uh, stage performance or their final live performance uh, before they, you know, call it quits for live performing. So anyway, um, they have all that. They have tons of um, tons of uh, or they have some original shows. There's a Jonah Ray has a show called uh, Jonah, Jonah Ray's Hidden America. I think it's a travel show. Um, but it's all comedy. It's, it's like, it's like a, it's like, it's a comedy streaming app of curated comedy content, essentially. So I went ahead and looked into it. Um, also Dan Harmon has a show on it, an animated show called Harmon Quest. Um, I haven't been able to check that out, but spoiler alert, I went ahead and did a free trial for it. (laughs) Um, nice. So there are several ways you can get access to CISO. It's S E E S O by the way. Um, CISO. See, so we, uh, you can get on, no, uh, you can either subscribe to it via Google play iTunes, oddly enough, uh, or the app store apparently. Um, and then you can also have it as an add on on Amazon prime. So I went ahead and got it on Google play. And it's, it's kind of unique because I haven't had this situation come up where, um, you can subscribe to it via Google Play using like your Google Play wallet or account or whatever. So I'm, I'm going to kind of struggle with, with how I'm going to present this because, and by the way, it also has, uh, the latest like tonight show and late night with Seth Meyers, uh, content as well. So 
as much as I admire, and I do admire, like it also it also has everything from uh, Kids in the Hall, like just classic comedy. That's that's really like like the content is so amazing and really really like something that I could find myself getting lost in for for hours. Um, just binging a ton of stuff. It's like the stuff of legend, like literally comedy yeah, totally. legend. I mean, oh, yeah. Monty Python and SNL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Faulty Towers is on there. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, so it's so the content is is sound. They have amazing content. The problem I have with it, and it's it's kind of a big problem. Um, first of all, if you go on Google Play, you can get a thirty day free trial, which is which is amazing, and for the amount of content. There is, I mean, three ninety nine is not a bad deal at all, right? Um, and so, so I, I love that. I love it for that. However, the app that I'm using on Google Play, and granted, this doesn't, this isn't. Um, I have no idea how it is on iOS. I have no idea how it is on uh, Amazon Prime. But like, the more I use the app, the more I'm so convinced that I should have just gotten an extension on, or gotten an add on on my Amazon Prime, so I could just play it on my PlayStation. Because the app is the most, like, user unfriendly thing Ugh. I've seen. Like, it's so, it's such a pain. So, okay, uh, when I was, when I was trying to think of the, when I was trying to think of the title for, uh, Monty Python and the Meaning of Live, I was, uh, loading up the app on my phone and you, they have the option to log in with, log in with Facebook or Twitter. So you would think, like, oh, okay, that's great. You can just, you know, sign in instantly and be fine. Every single time I open this damn app, I need to input my, my Facebook, uh, uh, credentials, my, Ugh. my login information. It's and it may, it doesn't save it. It doesn't just immediately come, come back to it. Um, uh, that is um, weak. It's so, it's so aggravating. Um, and another thing, another thing that I like in theory about it is that they have a playlist feature. That's, that's kind of, kind of, kind of like a Netflix queue thing kind of thing, but it's not separated by, by titles. So like, I can't, like, I don't have like SNL in, in the first, as the first one. And then, um, uh, Monty Python, Monty Python's Family Circus as the next one. It's like you can put individual episodes. So you can sit there and do like, okay, I'll watch one episode of SNL. Then after that, one episode of Family Circus or Flying Circus, um, one episode of, uh, the IT crowd. An episode of Harmon Quest, and then that's my night. <laughs> right. And just have it autoplay. But the problem is, like, sometimes, like, I opened it at one point, and it just, for some reason, it had clips from Seth Meyers on it, um, in the playlist. And, huh. like, it's just, it's really frustrating because, like, they are so, like, they have a gold mine here. Like, it's really, it's really good. Like, okay, well, the movie selection isn't that great. Like, they don't have very many movies, but for the amount of content that they do have, it's really, it's really satisfying. They have a lot of stand-up stuff. Um, and like I said, they, even if they don't have that many movies, they have every Monty Python movie. Yeah. Which is, I mean, four bucks, four bucks for everything Monty Python is, is great for me. Oh, like, yeah. that's perfect. Um, so yeah, and in like you can't like in the Google Play app if I uh if I if I hit the back uh, the back button on my phone, like it just it just pr- prompts me to click it twice to exit out of the app. I, I can't go back to like the home page or anything. And then um like I, I was streaming it to my Chromecast 
and ev- like any anything I did on the app just caused the Chromecast to stop casting it. And huh. it was just it was really really temperamental and really um disappointing to me. But I think once my once my free trial expires expires with Google Play, I'm going to unsubscribe from it on Google Play and I think I'm going to get the 7-day trial and then subscribe to it on Amazon Prime huh. uh so I can use the Amazon interface to to get all the stuff cuz gotcha. like I said, just the amount of content on it is just so so amazing and for that price point you can't really go wrong it's uh yeah it's really it's really good and uh yeah yeah so i i recommend checking it out but don't like check it out on like amazon prime or something mm-hmm. um be wary of uh how you how you get it because the app is not is not what it should be at this point interesting yep and that's called CISO, and it's available pretty much the internet cool yep and it's always fun to kind of evaluate or or get and evaluate new streaming services to me so i don't know i think maybe in october i might try like one of the horror uh horror um streaming services like shutter or whatever but i don't know we'll see nice um so tiny what do you got for potpourri uh for potpourri uh first i wanted to bring up or or uh preview what i plan to bring up in the next couple weeks Mm -hmm. um i think next week i'd like to bring up um Discovery Channel's uh, short series uh, that they had um, this Labor Day weekend, uh, Harley and the Davidsons. I don't know if anyone's heard of that, but uh, it's essentially the story of how Harley Davidson got start. Oh, nice. Um, it's a dramatization. It's a three-part series, uh, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday night um, of uh, Labor Day. So I started watching it. It's cool. I'm looking nice. forward to talking about that. Sweet. Um, and then I'm also going to watch uh, Donald Glover's new show, Atlanta. Oh, yeah. On FX. The entire first episode is now on YouTube. Nice. Yep. That's cool. I've got it recorded on the DVR, so I'm, I'm probably going to start watching that. And um, I'll probably wait till the season's over to mention okay. that one. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Love Sweet. everything that Donald Glover does. Me too. Um, and so, have I finished talking about the night of yet? I don't think I have. Uh, no, you haven't. You mentioned it, and it had like... Four episodes left? I don't okay, know. I'll bring that up too. Uh, and then lastly, The Night Of, I finished watching it, nice. and I will be bringing that up soon for Potpourri. Sweet. Um, but today, I am bringing up uh, Batman, The Killing Joke, mm. uh, which is an animated film that was released this year uh, in 2016. Um, this is a long, long-anticipated Batman story that Batman fans have been looking forward to for a long time. Um it's difficult to adapt, so I think Warner Brothers and the creative types involved with Batman have been almost avoiding it for years. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of diehard Batman fans are really excited that someone finally made this movie. Um, the Killing Joke is a uh, a graphic novel, if you will, from the 80s, written by Alan Moore of Watchmen fame. Mm-hmm. Um, and this book came out at a time when... Batman had a huge resurgence with uh, the Dark Knight and the the Frank Miller books that uh, Frank Miller wrote for Batman. Um, A lot of really good Batman stories came around in the 80s, and and Batman became hugely popular for a whole whole other generation. Um, And The Killing Joke was instrumental in that. Uh, It was written in 1985, and to this day, it's one of the most famous Batman books that's ever been written. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to spoil any of it. But I'll tell you the reason why it's so popular is because it gives a backstory to the Joker. Right. Uh, which has never happened before. He's always been a character that's shrouded in mystery. You don't even know what the guy's name is. Um, 
he has no identity and he's just this rogue madman that almost seems enigmatic and, and inhuman and like he came from a whole another universe. Like he just has that that interesting quality to him while still being oddly human. Mm-hmm. Um so that's why the Joker's so intriguing and people have always thirsted for knowledge about the Joker and you get a really cool tidbit of that with this book. And so I think that's why the book is so famous. Um, I recently, I, I avoided it for a long time because I was like, I don't really know much about Batman. I, I don't, sure. I don't want, I have no reason to get involved, but, uh, it was on sale on Amazon for like seven bucks. <laughs> so I was like, screw it. And I just bought it and read it. And it's really good. It's, it's very intriguing. I'm sure a lot of diehard Batman fans are kind of dissatisfied with it because maybe they want the, Maybe they want the mystery that around that surrounds the Joker. They don't want to know who he is or where he comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes when you get the answers to your questions, it's very dissatisfying, or it it the the character loses its luster as a result of that. Mm-hmm. So maybe some fans don't like it. I'm not really sure. Um, I think it's I, I'm kind of in the middle. I think it was now that I know the genesis of the Joker, he's a little bit less mysterious. But it also painted it in such a really, such a fascinating way that it's, it's very tragic and just a really, mm-hmm. really rich story. And so I, I ultimately love the book. The, the artwork is just remarkable. Um, mm-hmm. I, I really, especially the, the version I read is the deluxe version and there's, uh, some of it's told in black and white and they added these flashes of color to it that are very cool. Um, that nice. I really enjoyed. Um, and there's, there, there's really cool dialogue, you know, in, in such a, such a medium that's so based in visual cues. There's very cool dialogue in this story. Um, some iconic lines in this, in this story. So, um, that's all about the book. Um, and so, of course, I was intrigued to watch the movie. Uh, they got a lot of the cast back from the animated, uh, mm-hmm. Batman show which i was a huge fan of as a kid i've watched some of it as an adult i plan to run through the whole series but it's kind of been put on the back burner but kevin conroy voicing batman and bruce wayne is one of my favorite batmans i mean he does he's just awesome and i i love what he brings to that character um mark hamill playing the joker um who's he's one of the best jokers also i'm a big fan of his Mm -hmm. tara strong um She's a famous voice actress. I think she's done some, like, My Little Pony and some other Powderpuff Girls. Am I making that up? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't know. She's a famous voice actress. Right. Uh, she's done a ton of voice acting. Uh, she plays Barbara Gordon in this. Mm-hmm. And then Ray Wise is the commissioner, also making reprising his role. John DiMaggio, one of the famous, most famous yes. voice actors out there. So a really, really good cast uh, for this movie. Um I was excited about that in and of itself. Um, but as far as my thoughts on the movie, I, I, they made some really bold choices that I wasn't a fan of. Really? Um, the, the book opens with this really remarkable scene and it's, it's, I, it's an iconic scene. I had heard about it, even though I've never, I had never read the book for years. I, mm-hmm. I had heard about how great it is and how it's some of the best dialogue between these two characters and, and, they moved that to like a third of the way into the movie huh. and it just, it really affected the strong opening of this story mm-hmm. and it, it, it didn't, it didn't pull the audience in the way the book does right off the bat. They left it in and they were very true to that scene that was in the book, but 
it just didn't have the punch that it did in the book because it wasn't right off the bat. It literally just it just hits you right in the face that opening scene, and to move it to where they did was just I think a poor choice. Um, that the decision to have like this prologue that really, I just really didn't care for for the creative license they took with it in that direction. It just, mm-hmm. it just wasn't very good. Okay. Um, but once they get down to the meat of the true story of the killing joke, they did a really great adaptation. Um, they were, they were true to a lot of the, the frames that are famous in the book. Um, again, I'm trying to do all this without spoiling because I really want people to see it and I want right. to read the book because it's, it's just, it's, it's iconic. That's all. That's the best word to describe it. It's iconic. Um, I'm really glad how true they were to the book after that silly prologue. Um, <laughs> I'd probably give it like a, maybe like, like a salt, like a seven, like a seven out of 10, like right around there. I almost want to give it a six or six mm-hmm. and a half because of the decisions they made. But at the end of the day, it was a fairly true adaptation and they, they were true to the characters. They, they appeal to so many different generations of Batman fans. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a Batman fan because of the animated series and nothing else. But there are so many other people who just love Batman in the eighties and they'd love to read these books and some purists who've been fans for 50 years. You know, there's just, there's, there's so many different levels to appeal to in this movie. And, and I think they, they did a pretty decent job with that. Um, I, j- I just wish they would have made some different choices. Okay. But uh, I I recommend seeing it. It's um, you can you can watch it now on Amazon for four bucks. Okay. Really not really not a bad price. Um, yeah, that's not bad. It's over. It's just it's a little bit over an hour. Um, I would have rather had them leave that prologue out and make it forty five minutes. Yeah. Um, but that's just me. I I think they did a pretty good job, and it's 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 cool to see it all come to life. And it's there's it's a very chilling story. What mm-hmm. what occurs during this book and uh to see it all in action was uh was pretty pretty chilling it tapped into some cool stuff so nice i, I do recommend it um but i wish they would have done some things differently cool Good. i uh i remember that feckus loaned me his copy of of the killing joke the book mm-hmm. and i read it and i i remember reading it and uh thinking it was pretty good <laughs> um i wasn't like blown away by it i should probably read it again to yeah. uh to really uh see what i feel see how i feel about it but mm-hmm. um yeah that's interesting okay yep so it sounds like you thought it was just solid no solid yeah. no solid cool yep. all right well i'll go ahead and round us out um don't breathe tiny oh really you saw that i did yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was i was trying to make a joke like i was telling you not <gasps> anyway so i watched don't <laughs> breathe it's a uh horror thriller from uh, 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 wow. The director of the Evil Dead remake, uh, Fetty Alvarez. He, the movie is, uh, the, here's a plot synopsis essentially. Um, hoping to walk away with a massive fortune, a trio of thieves break into the house of a blind man who isn't as helpless as he seems. And, you know, this movie was pretty okay. I, I was, uh, I was pretty, interested in it well okay so i went in not really expecting that much i just kind of thought like a the trailer gives away a lot but um b i thought you know this seems like a a pretty okay premise and maybe it would be like this year's like surprise horror movie that um that i don't i don't see coming that i that i could enjoy um while it didn't really live up to like 
to like a, like a big horror icon element or it's not it's not like a a genre defining movie by any stretch it was still pretty okay um the kind of conceit of it is that Stephen Lang is this uh blind man that is it kind of eventually turns into kind of a predator <laughs> when he uh goes after these guy uh, these these thieves um in the house so it's kind of this interesting reversal that you kind of feel like okay these are these are you know kids getting into this house to steal crap from this guy so you can kind of have this it's this kind of ambiguous um um morality thing where like okay well they're they're willfully breaking into this guy's house and he's defending himself so you know maybe maybe it's you don't really know who to root for yeah um and the movie kind of goes out of its way to make these the people well not out of its way it I feel like the movie tries to make the the trio of thieves really sympathetic and then kind of just does not does not succeed at that at all. <laughs> um one of them is this really really obnoxious guy um who I kind of chuckled out loud because I didn't realize what his name was in the movie. Um he's kind of this thuggish like really uh outspoken guy who's kind of giving a lot of crap to the other other male lead in the movie but um his name is money and that just that just that just bugged me a little bit oh boy i was like okay um so anyway um so he's obnoxious you don't really see like there's not really much of an investment in him so when you have these when you have three characters that you know they're in a situation where that someone is basically hunting them down in a in a house that they can't escape from you want to feel suspense and an emotional connection with them and i just didn't feel that much of an emotional connection with any of them gotcha and the other two are played by jane levy and dylan minette who dylan minette who was he was in um goosebumps and he was uh in season six of lost wow um so anyway yeah that's where i know him from okay um anyway um (laughs) And then Jane Levy, I, I haven't seen her in anything. She was fine. They, it was kind of a cliched character thing. The whole premise is that they're trying to get the money out of this guy's house so that they can leave Detroit and leave their troubled, like, home lives and stuff, uh, for a better life. And it just seems more like a, instead of fleshing out that motivation, it just seemed more like a, Okay, here's why they need the money. Here's why they're they're doing this. Let's get to the uh, gruesome action elements and suspense. Um, which there are some elements in the movie that are effective and effectively thrilling. Um, there are some interesting turns in the narrative that I didn't see coming, and there is. It's been talked about a lot, and I won't spoil it or anything. But there is a um, a surprise element to the story that. I still don't know how I feel about it. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of really over the top, but it's also really unsettling and it kind of stuck with me a little bit. However, the motivation for why this, why this is a thing in the movie and why this thing is happening was like really, really weak and really not uh, to my liking. So it's kind of a mixed bag there. And, um, I don't know. And, and by the end of the movie, I, I mean, it's a short movie. It's only, uh, an hour and 28 minutes. 
so by the end of it, I didn't feel like I wasted time or I didn't feel like there was anything. Um, I didn't feel like anything. I didn't feel like any of the negative things I thought of it, which weren't, wasn't that much, but I didn't think that any of the negativity that I felt about the movie or elements of the movie didn't detract from the entire movie as a whole. I still enjoyed myself and thought that it was a pretty, uh, pretty interesting horror movie. Um, if not, just maybe just a little disappointing, but overall pretty okay. Cool. Yep. And uh, so I think that's going to just about do it for this week's episode. Is that right, Tiny? Yes, sir. All right. Well, in that case, do you have any idea what we're going to be reviewing or talking about next week? No idea. I have no idea either. Stranger Things? I have no idea either. <laughs> I seriously, I really do need to sit down and watch Stranger Things. Yeah. I've had no time. Gotcha. Um. And it's just, it's so, and I really want to, I really, really want to. So I don't know. I'm, I'll sit down and watch it soon and we will have a bonus review. I promise that. Nice. We will have a bonus review. Maybe we'll have Fekus on for, for it too, if he wants. I don't know. Okay. But anyway, um, he'll let us know. So anyway, um, yeah, don't know what we're doing next week. We'll figure something out. Um, I know Sully comes out this weekend. I don't know if you'd want to review that. Uh, I don't know if I'm gonna have time to go to the theater. Yeah, me, me neither, actually. <laughs> uh, which sucks because I, I mean, I haven't been, I haven't been to the theater in a while. I might go tomorrow. Yeah. But also, I have, I don't know, other responsibilities, anthology, all that. So anyway, right. um, so stay tuned next week for whatever we do next week. And speaking of anthology, if you want to check it out, anthologypod.com, my solo side project podcast where I review the Twilight Zone episode by episode. And I'm also in the middle of a, uh, or I'm starting a bonus review series on Black Mirror. So awesome. check that out at anthologypod.com. And uh, should we wrap it up, Tiny? Yes, sir. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Both and from Buzz standpoint, and just right, freaking beautiful people. They like, really are. Like, uh, like I know that Chris Pratt is married to Anna Ferris, but I want him. And that sounds terrible. Well, I want him and Jennifer Lawrence to have a baby. Oh yeah. But um, I'm gonna it. cut that out. Okay. Holy shit, that sounds terrible. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell! I want to watch Chris Pratt, and Jennifer Lawrence make a baby. <laughs> That's so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, okay, I need to, I need to, I'm mentally putting the... Thank you for listening to The Obsessive Viewer, presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. You can find more of our episodes at ovpodcast.com, and you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast app. The Obsessive Viewer's theme song is An Eclipse of Events and is provided by Loudlike from their EP, Mistakes We Must Make. You can find that and more great music from them on iTunes and like their Facebook page at facebook.com slash loudlikemusic. Any and all feedback on the podcast is encouraged. You can email the hosts individually at matt, tiny, or mike at obsessiveviewer.com or send an email to the podcast in general at podcast at obsessiveviewer.com. Check out the Obsessive Viewer blog at obsessiveviewer.com where we post movie and TV reviews and the occasional editorial about the business of entertainment. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the obsessive viewer and follow us on Twitter at obsessive viewer at obsessive tiny and at I am Mike white. If you want more obsessive content in your life, check out our sister site, obsessivebooknerd.com for book reviews, author spotlights, and a general celebration of reading. 
Finally, if you're philosophically curious, check out Tiny's side project podcast, The Secular Perspective, which explores the concepts of faith, religion, and existence from the perspective of secular hosts. You can find that at thesecularperspective.com and subscribe to the podcast on the podcatcher of your choice. Again, thank you so much for listening. We love you. Be excellent to each other.